hello, hello, everyone. We want to welcome you and thank you for joining us right here at the Scribes Hangout, where we are dedicated to bringing forth the voice and the heart of the scribes to individuals around the world. This is your host, um, the Kingdom Strategist, Deron Shay Zorn. You know, right here at the Scribes Hangout, this is the hangout spot for book lovers, artists, fans, business owners, and those who just desire to be inspired. In the company of the scribes, you may unlock the scribe within. Glory be unto God. In the scribe hangout, you get firsthand information on the process, strategies, tips, and tricks to writing. Um, get You also get the chance to get in the mind of the scribe as we discuss their current project. You get to be in the know with new releases. What's hot at the Scribes Hangout? So we thank you for coming out and meeting with us on today so that you can greet this dynamic author that we have with us. And I'm just so excited about um, our discussion for tonight as we discuss her project. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And if I mess up her name, amen, she's going she gonna to come back and give it to us the right way. Sayara, Sayara Smith. We have none other in the studio with us. Dynamic woman of God. Um, she is the author, the author for scriptures for strippers, for strippers. And she is a very phenomenal woman of God, and God is just using her in this hour um, to help um, individuals be healed, delivered, set free. Also to help equip those um, who have the heart, who have the heart um, for um, individuals, for, for young ladies who are broken, who are um, dealing with rejection and low self-esteem and, and things of that nature. And so we just thank God for uh, the wealth of wisdom that she has, knowledge, experience that she has, and what God has just been using her to do. And, and we're just going to kind of dive in conversation, get a little bit more about her background, because, I, you know, I, I, as I was in the book, I really want her to um to really talk about um just you know her background and things of that nature. I really want her to give it all all to you as as much as we can get in on today because it's absolutely um phenomenal, phenomenal, very dynamic um history um that she have and to just you know just to be who she is today is just absolutely amazing and as she's on the battlefield for the Lord and so Sayera Smith uh, we have with us on tonight with scrippers for scriptures for strippers amen welcome welcome Sayeri welcome 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 um to the scribes hangout um dynamic woman of god thank you um pastor Delanche and congratulations on all of your accolades i've been watching you grow um i've been watching you elevate and i just bless god for all of the things that he's doing in your life I just praise God. I thank God for this opportunity. I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your uh, show, and I'm really, really excited to um, share what Scriptures for Strippers is. Just let me know where you want me to start, but I just thank God. I bless God for this opportunity. 
Oh yes, absolutely. We just go. We're gonna dive into a dialogue. You know, I was looking. I was, you know, in in, in the book, and you know, this this adult dance contest winner, uh, this adult. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was like, okay. <laughs> That was too funny. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so it's just absolutely amazing. So you guys, we're getting ready to have a, a very dynamic show. And so this is what I want you to do for me right now. As we're getting ready to discuss strip, um, strippers for strip strippers, amen. If you know anyone that has a heart for evangelism, who have a heart um, for women, who have a, a dynamic women ministry I have a, a dynamic, I mean, have a women ministry on the inside of them. This is definitely the show that you want them to get on because uh, Miss uh, Smith is someone that they definitely want to connect with as, she's, as she has um, tools to equip those that have a heart for women. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to just do me a great favor. Go ahead and share this broadcast on your social media platform. On your social media platform, you can put it on Facebook, Twitter, you know, put a post up on Instagram so they can come on over and join us as well. Email, email a friend, text a friend, whichever mean of communication that you need to get it out. Just go ahead and send the information out so they can jump in on this um, dynamic interview that we're getting ready to engage in. It's something um, where they can come and be equipped and learn and also connect with the woman of God to see how that she can assist with, with everything that she knows in the ministry that she has with with helping um, the work um, that God has called forth on the inside of them. So go ahead and do that for us in this hour as we get ready to um, jump into this um, powerful conversation. So, Ms. Smith, I, I want to start here. You know, I just want to start from because, you know, the things that God give us, it does not, they just don't come out of thin air, right? It just don't, Correct. it's just not made up. There's a story. <laughs> there is a story behind, you know, every name, every title of every book, every ministry name, every business. There is a story behind it. And so I kind of want to, like, kind of get in your story um, as we get started so that they could know your background history, what called you, what what put you in a place of qualification, amen, um, and what it is that God has called you to do, what he's having you to do to help empower people um, around the world in this very hour. So if you could just give us a little bit of background about you. And, you know, and I'm just interested about this adult um, dance contest. That was just so hilarious for me in the book. So. Okay, well, I am um... – yeah, my name is Tyree Smith. I am a Atlanta native. And so with that having been said, everybody from my era and my generation uh, who was born and raised in Atlanta, just as a cultural uh, characteristic, just know how to dance. That's just who you are. That's a part of uh, childhood in Atlanta during the 90s, 80s and 90s. And so uh, there was always a dance contest going on if, you, if there was a party going on, and I was always the winner. And so um, that's kind of how everything started for me, just being a child um, dance contest winner all the time. You know, winning those 5 and $10, you know, is really, really exciting, and especially when you hear on the radio um, that there's a $500 contest. And I'm asking my mom, Mom, can I, can I, how can I be down with the $500? And 
And she said, that's wrong, people. <laughs> and I said, okay. And so in my mind, when I go up, I'm going to win $500 because I'm winning the, the, little, the little money that's on my level. So, you know, I aspired to win the big prize as an adult. And so um, because green and I am too, she did not understand really, you know, that the clubs that they were saying these contests were in were actually strip clubs. We didn't know that. So, you know, she just encouraged me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just follow my dreams. You follow, you know, what it is that, you know, she always taught me, you know, about my talents, abilities, and gifts. Um, she created a, a group for me and my friends in 1994 when I was in the sixth grade um, called Tag Team, mm-hmm. which was for talents, abilities, and gifts to empower ambitious members so that we could stay out of the street and stay out of, you know, avoid teen pregnancy. A lot of the girls who get pregnant around the way um, and just teach us how to do resumes and parliamentary procedure, how to do uh, manicures. And we went around to different churches. We did dance routines, you know, like liturgical dance, and we did jazz dance for um, we we did entertainers and we did skits and stuff like that. So I was always entertaining people. Um, that's how that's kind of how I um, was cultivated in my youth. And so when I turned eighteen, I was actually coming out of an abusive relationship, emotional abuse relationship, a very suppressive and controlling um, relationship. And I also had just graduated from high school, so I was stepping into my own, and I was in rebellion mode. Um, so I was kind of just really just looking for anything to do. Actually, also, I left out a part where my mom told me when I was 12 that I was responsible for my own um, spiritual life. You know, at 12 she told me mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, if you do something wrong, you at an age where you might be slick enough to get it past me. But just know God always sees you and he's always watching you and he will always punish you and he punishes you on the level I can't punish you on. So just know that you're at a level where when you mess up, if you lie, you steal, you break a commandment, you have to suffer those consequences for yourself. I don't take responsibility for that as your mother anymore. And so she let me know that there was consequences to messing up in life early. And so, um, you know, she taught me how to pray and taught me how to talk to God. And, you know, when I was in Sunday school in the fourth grade, um, my Sunday school teacher told me that if I didn't know the scripture, the devil could kill me. (laughs) <laughs> so mm. I had a little fear um, of, you know, of dying from the lack of not not understanding how to use the weapon of the word early. And she didn't really explain that to me. Uh, I just kind of put all that together later on in life and that, that, because that always stuck with me. And so when I turned 18 and I decided to go um, pursue my dream as a dancer, it was really in rebellion. It was in rebellion against, my um, my relationship because I was trying to break over to dude who would not let me go, but at the same time I just wanted to taint myself so that he wouldn't want me. I was like, look, if I get naked and dance, you still, you don't want to be with nobody like that, dude. And, and that kind of got him. He got off me then, but I was living my dream. I mean, I was um, I went down to the the club that I always aspired to work at and did not know what was going on until I got there that day and saw that the women were naked and dancing in front of people, in front of a table. I'm like, what are they doing? Why are they on the stage? You know, and I asked the manager, who do I got to beat to win the prize? And he's like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and so uh, he was like, listen, just stand right here, observe. And when I come back, if you have some questions, I'll answer it for you. And so I watched the woman dance and dance for a man. He did not touch her. She did not touch him. She was just, but she was completely naked, which I, that kind of threw me off because I didn't know about that part. And 
She was doing some moves I ain't never seen in my life. I said, oh, my God, what is she doing? And so the song went off, and the next song came on, and he kind of motioned her to keep going. And then after that song was over, he gave her a $20 bill. And my mind was completely blown. I was like, wait, 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 so it's not a competition. Everybody gets paid? <laughs> and my, I had goosebumps all over my body. I said, this is a job for me. This is me right now. I don't even have to really compete. Like, I, I thought it was just one prize, one opportunity to get money, you know. And so I was sold on it, you know. And the manager told me I, what I had to do. I had to go get a permit. And the rest is history. You know, I started to dance uh, at this club. I actually, uh, my, my DJ at this club, was one of my idols as a child. He was um, the guy from Tag Team. There it is. Like, he was one of them. Like, I had a dance routine to that song. And so <laughs> when I went to work and I met him, it was like my dreams were, like, unfolding. You know, it was just, like, so much awesome stuff was happening to me. You know, I got to dance. I got paid right then. You know, they could not touch me. They could only look at me. You know, and I was just there. I was just doing what I love to do. And so um, after a few months, I started to get kind of burned down with all of the propositions for sex and just the date thing, you know, asking me if I got a boyfriend, you want to go home. And I was just like, I don't really – and I was 18 years old, and I really didn't mm. know how to um, navigate that, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to, you know, be grown and not look scared because I went in there by myself. A lot of the girls who start, they go in with a with a friend, a cousin, or, or somebody, a, a sidekick, mm. somebody who could say – help them do something. I was in there by myself, so I was, you know, intimidated but not scared enough to stop. You know what I mean? I was, it was, gotcha. it was a thrill, but it was, and it was, I felt the danger of it, you know, and I never felt like I was invincible and I was, you know, immune to the downside of the game. You know, I saw women drunk, passed out on drugs and stuff like that, and I was just like, I just don't never need to start doing drugs. You know, I just never need to drink. I just never need to smoke. Like, I would have all these rules for myself to try to avoid the pitfall of it and just stay on the positive and the exciting end of it. But even with me avoiding um, the alcohol and the drugs and all of that and just, you know, um, just try not to be a statistic, it was still getting to me because, you know, you, you're being exposed to so much so fast. You're desensitized, like nudity does not bother me. <laughs> it's, it's scary how how you can be stripped of your innocence without really knowing it or really understanding it. And then, um, you know, having nervous breakdowns, I began to have panic attacks and anxiety attacks without really understanding what was happening to me because um, I started to develop a paranoia about people seeing me or recognizing me um, outside of work. Uh, I had moved into my own apartment by 19, and um, I had a phobia of people following me home. You know, like I was just really, really scared of everything. And I mean, I was making a lot of money. Um, I, I kept my bills really low. So I had more money than I needed. So I just felt like people were trying to rob me. And it just became too much. And one day when I just really couldn't leave my house, and I, I got to the point where I didn't want to leave my house, um, and I just broke down and cried. I was like, I need to read the Bible or something. <laughs> it just hit me. And, I, and by this time, I had actually started smoking weed because, I mean, I had thought that that would calm everybody, said that that calm me nerves. So I started smoking. I had a boyfriend who was a smoker. And so I started to smoke too. But that just made the paranoia worse <laughs> because it doesn't – you can't really tell what kind of weed you're going to get. You know, you just smoke it and you, after you get high, that's, how, that's what happens. I mean, whatever happens, happens. But um, I just really started to – 
feel empty and afraid for my life because I felt um, how the, the devil was after me. And so I just quit going. I just quit going. I actually quit three different times. Uh, I left the game three different on three different ways. So it's not like, oh, it just gets bad and you get to just leave and you just it, it's you it has you have to prepare to leave this lifestyle. Um and so when I left the first time I was homeless. Um but I was shortly during that time I had actually got become engaged with a man and he um proposed to me within four months. I lived in this big nice house with him and I was with him for eight years of my life. We got married, I had a child, and I ended up leaving him because he had an issue. He had a few issues with gambling, He had a, and I was just really not a, a mature wife to understand how to um, be there for him like that. And, and plus, he was, he was taking advantage of me in other ways. Um, he was taking care of me, but also taking advantage of me, um, my youth, because he was a lot older than me. And so when I left, I had to go back into the club. But when I went back into the club, so much had changed that I did not understand <laughs> how I was going to be able to do that job. Because when I started, there were so many rules in place to protect women um, that that's, that was part of the reason that made it okay was because there was protection for me. They were not allowed to touch me. I could not touch them. It was certain ways that we were expected to behave that kept the integrity of the art of it. Uh, of the dancing. And so when I came back, it was a bunch of contact. It was a bunch of lap dancing. Like now people just say lap dance. They just assume that every dance is a lap dance, which means contact, which means sitting in somebody's lap, grinding on somebody with no clothes on. So that means your your body is exposed to his body, you know, whatever he's exposing. You know what I mean? Because some of the guys that come in there with no underwear on, with some, some jersey short, they, they, it's really, really disgusting. <laughs> so, like, I was mm-hmm. exposed to that. Um, and I – it jolted me because I was like, I already knew how hard it was to leave the first time, but it was hard for different reasons. And now I have a child to take care of. My child was one at the time. Uh, and I have this other additional pressure to earn money to provide for me and somebody else with this mm-hmm. other element of um, basically having to explain to people, not only that I will not go home with you and no, you cannot have my phone number and no, you cannot know my real name and no, you can't come to my house and no, I can no, now I got to say no. I'm not going to touch you. No, it's more no's that I have to tell. That I have to say. I'm, I'm, I have to tell you no more. And it became a stress and a strain because of what I was used to doing. But during the time that I was married, that was the time that I became very familiar with the Bible and very familiar mm-hmm. with uh, things to build me up. Because as a wife, I had to be uh, a spiritually um, fit person so that I could pray for myself, pray for my family, pray for my husband. Um, and just seek God's face on how to be a wife. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I was in that situation the second time in the club as a dancer, I was praying all the time. And I was like, Lord, you know you know that you made me to dance, but I would like for you to tell these people that I'm not getting ready to go home with them. Can you just not let them ask me that? <laughs> Can I just please just come to work, dance, and get my money and leave like I used to? And it just wasn't reality. So I had to learn how to converse and it was it was um it was really difficult to try to be truthful with people and also get money from them. 
so that became a struggle and a strain, and um, it just became too much. I ended up leaving again. I just I just threw my whole dance bag away. I threw all my costumes, my shoes, everything I needed to be a stripper. I threw it all in the dumpster because I just became so depressed that I would cry every night before I went to work, um, and I just couldn't do it no more. And I just I said, Lord, I'm gonna trust you, and you're gonna have to. I trust you enough to take care of me. I don't know what that looked like. But I'm, I, you know I can't take it no more because I would leave work and just be grateful that I got out without going to jail. I'm just mm-hmm. glad I didn't kill nobody today. I'm glad I didn't fight nobody today. I'm glad nobody stole from me. I'm glad nobody's robbing me. And I was grateful for those little things. And it just became so, so much. And during this time, this second time, I was going to church every Thursday and every Sunday. A Bible study was on Thursday night, and one night, the pastor said that we needed to have a scripture for every area of our life in which we are attacked all the time so that we can gird ourselves up in that area so that the devil won't have no power, which brought back that Sunday school lesson of you need to have a scripture or your door, mm-hmm. the devil is going to kill you. And so I made a list. I said, you know, that's a good homework. <laughs> and I went home <laughs> and I made a list of every area that I felt like the devil was attacking me, my being a good mother, being a good woman, being a uh, provider, being a, a representative of God. Just just when, when people see me, I want them to see God. And I'm like, that's really conflicting with my job, you know. But I'm like, I still need to be girded up because the devil is attacking me in my mind about who I am in God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I needed. to. I needed that assignment to remind me of who I am in God. And that's what kept me from entertaining certain conversations and just knowing when to walk away and knowing what to say. And it got to a point before I left the club, it got to a point where I was having to speak these words to these people as they are talking to me. When you, well, how much you cost? When you Are you going to come home with me? No, I'm not. Well, are you going to sit on my lap? No, I'm not. Well, how are you going to make your money? Listen, God is my provider. Well, how are you going to say God provide for you and you in here? Listen, and this is my response. You came in here to do a certain thing. You have money for that. I'm not going to do that thing. That means that the money you have is not mine. That does not mean that God is not going to provide for me, though. You understand what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. want me to do mm-hmm. something I'm not willing to do. That God is not God would not be pleased with now. People, this is where we start splitting hairs because people say God don't want you in there anyway. I'm already in there. Okay, we already passed that. <laughs> what I'm not getting ready to do is do stuff that's outside of my character and what I know is not what I came in there for. I'm not going to make that my my situation uh, be the determining factor on what I do. Just because I need a bill paid, I'm not going to do nothing extra. I do what I need to do, delete. I de- I'm going to do the same thing I did. I'm going to dance, and that's it, okay? All that extra other stuff I'm not doing. And so um, a man told me that um, God wasn't in there. He said, God ain't in here. I said, this is, I'm not getting ready to argue with you about your God, but let me tell you about mine. My God is omnipotent. That means he's everywhere. That means he's everywhere at the same time. So I need to educate you on who I'm talking about because I don't really know who you serve, and I'm not really concerned about it. I'm talking about my God is here. He's with me because I ask him to cover me and pray for and protect me. I pray for myself every time I come in here to protect myself from people like you trying to speak depth into me. And so it started to become a a nightly thing where I'm having to defend myself in the spirit all night. And I already, I already wasn't making no money. <laughs> so it's why I might as well speak up for myself. I might as well. 
uh, let them know that, yes, I'm a child of God, too. And they're like, how are you a child of God? Because God has provided for me. He's making a way for me. He's showing me things. And during this time, I was developing a, um, a medical device, an invention, to help me transition so that when I leave, I will have some a way to make money. And so for me, I knew that God was working on the other side. But I just literally quit. When I threw all my stuff away, I quit. And I started putting in applications. I became a teacher. I taught sign language. And um, I was just on the path of letting God. Um, I was just following God's other gifts that he's given me because he showed me how to do so many things and I was just resting and leaning on the dancing thing for so long that I was tiring myself out there. But so when I started to be a teacher, I actually lost my home because that place that I was working didn't pay enough for me to pay my bills to stay there. And so that's when everything got real. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, I'm, you, I told you I was trusting you. And he's like, okay. And I lost my, my place, and so I had to go and live with my at my dad's house. And me and my dad are not close. We're not cool like that. And that lasted a very short period of time. Then I ended up moving to my mom's house, and there was very limited space there. And I just was in the wilderness because a lot of things were not clicking for me. A lot of things were not working out for me. I ended up losing that job. Um, and I was really in the wilderness. I was in a relationship that I thought was good, but it turned out to be a hellacious soul tie issue for me that eventually I escaped from with the grace and mercy of God, The gl- and I just give him the glory for delivering me from that situation, from that relationship. Um, but I started to literally read those scriptures that I wrote down to encourage myself. Even though I wasn't dancing anymore, I still needed to be encouraged because um it was hard to transition. And there was a woman who I knew when I was married. Well, I didn't know her. My husband knew her. She was a dancer, and she was fired at 40 years old. And probably about a month, I'll give her a month, went by before she shot herself in the head because she couldn't figure out what else to do. And when we went to her funeral, I never met this woman, but I knew her story through my husband, my ex-husband, it hurt me so bad because I knew all of the thoughts that went through her head before she did that. I knew all of her feelings and her emotions. And I said, clearly, she didn't know God. She didn't have God to lean on because as I cried out to God, I had the spirit of suicide come upon me to try to convince me that it wasn't worth it and God would not work and, you know, me trusting in God, that was not a good plan. But I knew to fight it back in the spirit, and that's why. That Sunday school teacher told me, if you don't know, you will die. And I started to read those scriptures, and it kept me from feeling um, like I could act on the spirit of suicide, but it it did not keep the spirit of suicide away from me, which was very scary Um, because I'm like, I know God, I know better, and I still want to die. You know, the depression uh, of trying to transition and keep, you know, your lifestyle changing is really, really the drastic lifestyle change was really taking a toll on me and my son at the time, who was about five years old. And I just really, really went through it. And the only thing I could think about was all of the girls that I left behind. I didn't really have any friends at the club. It was just the other women I noticed who are silently dealing with this issue, who are trying to do something else, and they can't. It's not about they just won't do it. You can't figure out what to do. And it would just hurt me really bad to know that 
somebody, I know somebody personally have killed themselves because they are so, they are out of options and they're so despondent. And so Scriptures for Strippers became a blog, and I just started to write about just trying to keep the women encouraged who are still there, keep them encouraged on how not to let a man talk them into being something that they're not, you know, stay on your um on the path of your goals, you know, everybody have a goal. Everybody's trying to transition. Nobody, I would say probably about 5% of the women want to do that forever. Not, not everybody don't want to do that forever. And so mm-hmm. even if you have a plan, it's still hard to execute that plan when you have to navigate these, these darts that are thrown at you to take you off your target. And um, after the blog, um, I just made it into a book because I was like, I kept adding different scriptures to it, and I story through it, and also encouraged the women that I know who are coming into the game, because there were new girls that was coming in who were asking me questions and asking me if they could follow me and shadow me and and figure out what to do, and I just no, you know, I told them no, but I thought about those girls, you know, there are people who aspire to be dancers just like me. They wanted to, they want to be a stripper, but they don't really know what they're signing up to be. And so just like I didn't know, um, but just to let women know who that they have to know who they are in God so that they can be who they're supposed to be uh, and actually live out a purpose bigger than themselves and bigger than what a, a demon will try to speak them speak into them. That's where the human trafficking issue comes in at. A lot of the females are in there trying to figure out their purpose and their plan for their life, and they are wide open. And if you're wide open, the devil come in and tell you and give you a suggestion, and you choose that choice just because you don't have any alternative, just because you don't have a relationship with God. You will go for somebody offering you a solution and think that they're helping you just because it's helping you. And it's not it's presented as help, but it's not. It's a hindrance to your mm-hmm. destiny. And if you don't have a relationship with God, how do you know the difference? You know, it's, 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 if you don't know what the words say, how can you – Come back when the devil is speaking into your life. If he's telling you, "Yeah, I think you'll make a, you'll make a whole lot of money because you're so beautiful and you're so fine," you know these dudes they're gonna pay you, and 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 you say, "Okay, well, all good gifts come from above." If you know James, then it's like I'm not gonna lower myself mm-hmm. to do that. God, God is not in that conversation. You're not from God. You know this is a strip club, and somebody can't come in and bless me with some, you know, with a job opportunity, but this ain't it. <laughs> but you got to have the wisdom and the relationship with God to know when it is. Now, if a man say, I got a job for you, I got a company, we hire a receptionist, and you go to an interview and you, you know, you, that, that's a, you can get an opportunity like that. I know people who have transitioned and gotten job opportunities just like that, but you have to know um, God's voice so that you can follow it. Right. Right, right, and got to be able to distinguish the difference. You said so much. <laughs> you said so much, um, Miss Smith. You said so much, and you know, and you said, look, I even in the midst, you know, when when you was there, and he, look, you was coming out, and you was just um, thanking God for the little things, and 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 as I was just hearing you, and I'm like, man, it, that the life. You know, the the life sounds as if it was just, you know, a whole lot of pressure 
you know, at that mm-hmm. point for you to say, okay, I didn't murder nobody, um, you know, so that's that just kind of, right, that just give you a mindset like, okay, well, why are you going to murder somebody? But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it just begins to paint a picture that, you know, that that was, it was a whole lot, you know, going on, you know, in, in the background and a lot of pressure and, and you and you needed and we thank God that you knew God. You know, you knew God enough to, to, to hold you up. You know, to hold you up in the midst of all of the pressure, all of the pressure in the midst of all of the pressure. Which like I said, you say it so much and I and I love the fact you know that um that you know even through your story and I'm going to pull some stuff I'm going to pull a quote out of your book <laughs> um but I you know I love the fact that you know um that you know even in the midst that you you remember you was able to recall what your your Sunday school teacher said and what your mother said and as the the pastor was ministering, you know, you, you was able to, I mean, it, 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 it um, sparked something on the inside of you that caused you to begin to go and do your homework and or do some homework um, that was yeah. needed. And in that place, you was able to find the inspiration, the encouragement, and the things that you needed to be sustained right where you are because God meet us where we are, right? Right. Um, and, and that you knew truth, that you knew truth. And because you knew truth, you wasn't in a place where when they came with all the deceptions, when the enemy, you know, came in and, and was striking, you know, here and there, that you knew the truth to, that you knew the truth to overcome, you know, the powers of the enemy that was trying to subdue you and, you know, and, and, and take you into further places like so many others. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you one more thing, because uh-huh. the net, that I remember, I remember just feeling like, oh, this is easy. You know, I mean, I'm just not gonna do nothing that God don't want me to do. Until this man came to me and he said, I will give you five thousand dollars to come home with me. And I thought about. It. I had to think about it. I said, what? And he said, I will give you five thousand dollars. And he opened up a bag and he had five thousand dollars in the bag. I saw the money. And so I'm looking at it, and guess what I did? I started sweating. <laughs> mm. I looked at it, I said, wait a minute. And I, I took my shoes off. I started, I started pacing the flow. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. This is $5,000. I mean, and I looked at him, and the look on his face jolted me because I'm, I'm mm. thinking of myself, I'm talking to myself. And when I looked at his face, he, I could see the enemy looking at me, and it was the most bone-chilling thing that has ever happened to me. Now, I have been in a house laid down with AK-47s up to my head because I was visiting my friend who was dealing with a dope dude, and he got robbed, and I was in the house. But when Mm. I tell you this man looking at me like that, looking through me, looking inside me, I feel like he can read my mind. It did something to me. And I looked at him, I said, look at this devil. And I still had to think about whether I was going to take this five thousand dollars. I said, no, no, no. I said, I said, I said, this is I said, this is what the devil do right here. The devil, and he was a nice looking man, but he had his fingers pressed up against each other, looking at me, peering at me. He didn't look at nothing. He was looking at my face. 
He wasn't looking at my body. He wasn't trying to talk me into nothing. He just proposed something. He laid it in front of me and watched me. Mm. And I put my shoes on, and I said, you know what? I'm good. He was like, are you sure? I said, no, I'm not sure. I'm sh- I said, I, I, just, I just need to go. I said, uh-uh. I said, I'm not thinking about it no more. I'm going to go. And when I walked away from him, I had goosebumps, and I was sweating, and I was shaking. And I was like, that was the devil, and I didn't know what to say. So all I could do was run away. <laughs> I said, but I know it's him. I know this ain't God. This man said go home with him. I said, now, if he tell me to go home with him, I don't know what I got to do after I leave. I don't even want to know what he think of. I don't even want to know what his plans is. I just need to get away from him because this is right here is the definition of temptation. And if ain't nobody ever stood and, and had to turn down something that they really want and mm-hmm. they ain't never turned down, it's like I just really need to know. I, and literally right now when I talk to people and they be acting like they got God, I need to know what's your testimony. What have you overcame and what have you done? <laughs> because if you don't have experience with, with interacting with the enemy, sometimes I doubt if you can really pray for me and, 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 and cast things out of me because you might have them in you. And so, and that's, that's not accusing anybody of anything, but it's like if you've never come up against anything, if nobody can, if you've never been tested, then there's really no right. way for you to say what you say. And so it's right. like the test that, that I have been through in that place that I could have really not, I couldn't experience that nowhere else, really showed me who God is because even when I turned down that money, I still got more. I got money without dancing. Like a man would just come and just give me $100 or give me, you know, I, or I would go on stage for three songs and come off with $300, which is crazy because it's like that's no time, and I just made a lot doing basically nothing. It's not 5000 but it's enough. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. greedy. I don't have the love of money. See, when you have the love of money, then it can draw you in to be against yourself without you understanding in that moment. In the desperation, um, you know, the enemy loves desperation. The enemy loves and can smell desperation. And Absolutely. that's one of the things that I talk to women about all the time is you really have to pray against that desperate spirit that comes upon you when you're in a situation. And that's why you have to really authentically, genuinely have to be healed out here. Because when you are bleeding, when you are the woman with the issue of blood, these predators can smell it. And they come after mm-hmm. you. And you can't mm-hmm. figure out why. You can't figure out why they keep coming at you. And you just feel like there's something wrong with you. It's like, no, just get healed. Really get God. Really, really, really get them. And when you really get them, then that area is not bleeding no more. That's healed. And so they can't come and feed off of you. Manipulate you, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. And it's, it's, it's so sad that a lot of people feel like they have a certain thing, but it's because they've never been tested in that area. Or if they have been tested, they failed and they're ashamed of it. But that's a part of your testimony. If you fail, you got to really ask God to show you and, and give you wisdom in that area so that you're not a victim of yourself in the future. Because you can be a victim of your own uh, decisions. When you choose to participate in a man, because man, three, three different times, man have come up to me or, or who have observed me working in the club and said, you know what, I like you. And I didn't even know. Guess what? They was a pimp. And you know what mm. they was trying to do? But they would tell me, they said, you know what? I love the way you work. You just didn't give me all these compliments, and I'm trying to figure out what they're talking about. So I asked them, can I get some money from you? And they laugh, and they love it, and they talking to me, and they pumping me up. You know, you need to come work for me. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm just listening. And basically what they're trying to do is they want me to recruit women for them. 
They want me to teach women how I work so that I can get them some money. And um, when God revealed that to me, that really, really showed me that the enemy sees something in me. So I have to figure out how to use that thing for God. And that's really where scriptures for scriptures come from, is to really teach these women about this game, but teach them about what God is saying about it so that they can eventually leave it. Not to tell you to leave it right now. Not to, not to judge you and say that you should never start dancing or you shouldn't be dancing. I'm telling you so that wherever you are in your life, when you get on the path and you nurture your relationship with God, he will guide you to where you're supposed to be. The whole purpose of him creating you will become evident to you, and you will walk in that, and you will do that thing that he made you to do. But it all comes with you coming up in the test because you got to be tested before you are out there, before he puts you out there. And when you get tested, you got to have a word to back you up and fight this battle. you got to have a word. So Scriptures for Strippers is the weapon for the warfare of a stripper. That's basically what it is. That's good. I like that. A weapon of a war for the of the warfare for strippers. Um, and you know, and even as you know, like I said, I was going through the book and just going through and um and reading just various you know, your various different subtitles and um information that you have under there as you're dealing with, you know, nurturing your relationship with God and, you know, protection and, and things of that nature and, you know, the importance of instructions and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question about that or make a statement okay. and get you to expound on that portion on some things um for me as well. Um but, you know, as you were talking and Again, I, I can't say enough that, let me say this first. First, got to understand that God, he conditioned us so he can position us, right? And so there's mm. some things in life that we have to experience to, to mm-hmm. so we can grow and develop into what mm-hmm. it is and who it is that he's called for for us to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. many a times, you know, the text tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And as I remember mm-hmm. in Book of Jeremiah, right, you know, he said, mm-hmm. look, uh, glory to God, before you was born, you know, in your mother's womb, I knew you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I called you mm-hmm. forth, you know, to be a prophet yes. to the nations. And so, um, and that is true for all of us. So all of us have a purpose in God and then we all have several different paths that we have to take. We have to take our own path. We have to take our own journey to get to the destination in which God has called forth in our lives. You know, and in, 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 in where, you know, you know, many may judge and things of that nature and say, hey, well, uh, you know, and, and, and judge you and turn up their nose and all this other type of stuff. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day. But they don't know and what they don't realize and what many don't understand that even in this place, it's working for my good because God is doing something on, you know, as I come in relationship with God and, and he's doing something on the inside of me um, that you yeah. may can't see it right now. But if right. you could just continue to watch continue to watch mm-hmm. and as you continue mm-hmm. to watch the words that you're speaking you're going to have to eat those because even right here mm-hmm. God is doing something and so I, I just believe that hey you have to travel that journey so that mm-hmm. you can even have the heart the heart that you have and the compassion that you have for strippers to even you know um mm-hmm. to even know 
Amen. Glory to God. So that you can even know, have the wisdom, have the knowledge, what is going to be required to get a woman from point A to point B, to get a woman to um, come who have came in that place with dreams, desires, goals, um, with a destiny and not get caught and not, you know, get caught up or if they got caught up, how to get them out of what they got caught up in so that they can get to their destination that that look this right here. Amen. It was whatever path that you need, whatever path you had to take for you had to take. But look, this is who it is that you need to know, which is Jesus, right? You need to know mm-hmm. the Lord and amen, and then allow him to direct your path, even in this place. And so even as I was listening, you was like, hey, I was dancing. And you was, and you was like, you was talking about, you know, under your, um, under your breath is that you would be, um, that you would be saying <laughs> scriptures. You know, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. praying. You know you, that you will be praying even in the midst. You know of, yes. of of dancing and everything of that nature to keep your mind together, and you know, yes. um, and it say, look in all things. You know, he said, look, um, he said, and always acknowledge me, Amen. Yes. He said, and I'm going to direct Amen. your path, and always mm-hmm. acknowledge me, and I'm going to direct your path, and 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 all me everything. I mean, absolutely everything that was, he didn't exclude anything from that. He said all, that means absolutely everything. And so, I mean, and so with that, you know, as, as time progressed, as time progressed, because everybody has a process that they have to go through so that, again, mm-hmm. you can be developed. So that's why you have the heart, you have the passion. Not only that, you know, what you went through, you have the experience. Not only the along with the experience, also what it took for you to you know to get through what it was that you had to go through to get to where you are today, who you are today, you know as well as being able to even go back and help go back and, and, and provide for those that are still there in that in those that are still there in the script clubs what it is that that they need to be strengthened yeah. right there where they get right there mm-hmm. you know in that place and not coming from a place where it's judgmental or anything of that nature but coming um you know from the standpoint look let me I, I know you need to be strengthened and then when you talked about the lady who um the one that committed suicide from your um your ex husband friend, her committing suicide, and you say, "Look, I knew her, I knew her thoughts, I knew the things mm. that she was going through." And there are so many, there are so many, you know. And and mm. and I'm loving this conversation because even as we're talking, there's so many people that are just going through the struggle, going through isms, and because you know, so many people are so ashamed of where they've been. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and they're keeping their mouth closed when you can have the next answer. You can have the solution. You can have the solution to save somebody's life. Jesus. Mm. But because you know we want to, you know we want to get um, get saved, and you know we want to put on these outfits, right? <laughs> <laughs> we've been through nothing, Ooh. and we've done. And the devil is a lie. You know, the devil wants us to keep our mouth shut. He wants us to feel shame and things of that nature Mm. and not tell the story. But you got to understand that, look, it's in your story that God gets the glory. Correct. It's through your story that somebody else can overcome. Yes. 
You know, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony. And so somebody needs to hear your testimony and, more important, your process. And and I just want to speak this to anybody that's out there that's going through a process because she did something very great. When we're going through our process, and and she recorded her process. Mm. And through the recording of her process, she was able to birth, produce a product, a product that will go places it can be places that she won't she can't be because she can't be everywhere at one time all at the same time but you know um but it could be there when you when she's not there you know giving them what it is that they need to help coach them encourage them mentor them you know i know you, you put it here that you talked about there was no guide or mentor for you when you was um dealing with the different issues that and the things that you was encountering you know as a as a scripper and you know and just through your relationship as a child knowing you know um how important it was to have a relationship with god that you 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 begin to just get this word on the inside of you is just absolutely powerful. Let me go to this this question here or this statement uh, from from in um, the book. Oh Jesus, um, here you wrote this. You said um, this is in. Oh, I got to ask that. Let me go over here. I got this book. I highlighted it. Start up. So here, um, you wrote in the text. You see, this is under importance of instruction, which, wow. Okay, here we go. You said, um, you made this statement. It is clear that people who feel this way wish they could keep God all to themselves, and I may need to back up. Well, I'll I'll, I'll let you um, expound on that. But, okay, so it is clear that the people who feel this way wish they could keep God all to themselves while shaking a finger in a scripper face and banishing and, and banish them to hell instead of offering them the good news that God loves everybody. They won't tell dancers. God will provide for them if they follow his word. I want you to give us your heart, your your thoughts um, that birthed out this particular statement. Okay, uh, that's a really, really good point right there. Um, a lot of people are on fire for God, correct? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we are on fire, you know, we are fire baptized and we speaking in tongues and we just, on fire, we're hot and we're burning. You know, we, we always talk about the fire of God. But the question for those people that I have is what do you use that fire to do? Are you using that fire to burn people? Are you using that fire to warm people? Are you using that fire to lead somebody out of darkness? See, you have the fire of God, but what are you doing with it? And so when we, when, when we talk about the people that are really extra super duper turbo churchy um, who want to – be really judgmental and talk about what somebody should or shouldn't be doing with their life when they, when they don't know what this person is up against. They have a child or children to provide for, and their man is in jail or their mama is locked up and they're trying to raise money. They, they, they're on a mission. And so they, they have a need 
okay? And so we have to know that God can provide for them. And they will, because if we don't, if we don't let people know that God can provide, that means that we leave them open to the wiles of the enemy um, with his solution to those same problems because they need the problem solved, regardless of what you feel like they should just know. If they don't know and they're, at, and they're, they're, they're in a certain place, if you're not providing um, practical information or tools or resources, then the, mostly, the most thing you can do is at least give them the word of God to let them know that God will help them. And if you can't do that with the fire that you have for God, the question is where is that fire coming from? And it's more than likely consuming you as a person. You're hurting yourself. You, you're the, if you are a person that want to keep God in your back pocket and keep it to yourself, you need to be healed. You need help. Okay, because if you can't help nobody, that means you don't have it yourself. You know, that's just logical. If you can't give the help, that means you ain't got it. So the question is, do you really have God? Do you really have God? If you can't give them to somebody who you see is in need as opposed to telling them that, and making them feel worse than they supposed because you would much rather them put a bullet in their head because they ain't already where you at or doing what you want them to do or doing what you would like for them to do with their life. You would much rather them just end their life and going straight to hell, and you feel like you had nothing to do with it, but you are the one that caused it if you did not use your fire correctly. Those are the people that that statement was for. God, you hear you, understand you. Hear you and understand you as well. You know, if Jesus came, Jesus said, look, I came for the sick. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, I came for the sick, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and we as a people, mm-hmm. the children of God, the believers, um, as the children of God, as the believers, you know, we got to learn how to be hospitable, right? Mm-hmm. We got to learn how to mm-hmm. be hospitable um, to everyone and meeting them right where they were. When Jesus came on the scene and whatever the situation may have been, we find that he always, we find that, you know, in the text it will say that compassion came. And mm-hmm. so the question would be, where is the compassion? Because out of the mm-hmm. compassion, that's what brought forth the healing. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't come and condemn, right. you know, those. He came and he brought forth healing. And, and, and we do have to be a people um, that learn how to administrate the healing mm-hmm. virtue, the healing mm-hmm. power. Of God, and it is not with a, con, a a condemning tone or a condemning attitude or a self righteous attitude, um, because mm-hmm. that is causing more wounds to already mm-hmm. to injury. That's causing mm-hmm. more wounds to injury, and you know, we have to be, you know, we got to be very wise. And many of times we don't use the wisdom. We don't use the wisdom, and this is and and this is just this is a a, a fair statement to all. You know, you got to understand the same measuring tool that you use to judge. That's the same measuring tool that will that same judgment will come upon you. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful when we are in um, when we have these judgmental um, mindsets. And mm-hmm. and and we want we want people to do what we want them to do, but 
the only thing that is that is going to change a life or save a life is the is is the power of Jesus, the Word mm-hmm. of God. You know, the Word mm-hmm. of God, and so we administer the Word. It's, we need a minister right. of the word of God, not your feelings, mm-hmm. not your thoughts, not your emotions, right. not your critiques, mm-hmm. just the word of God. And you will allow the word of God to do the work of God mm-hmm. so that the will of God can be produced out of our lives. Amen. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when Jesus came, he met everybody. And so we got to be a people to, to, to begin to cultivate a mindset that to meeting people where they are. And if that ain't your lane, don't get in it. Mm-hmm. But you if know what? I, I find that a lot of times the people, they, they have such issues with a certain thing that they can't get past their own emotions about something. Um, they either are coveting that lifestyle themselves. They're coveting a woman's body, with, even if they're male or female. The man wants the woman, and she's not loose enough to get for him to have his way with her, so now he's condemning her and beating her down with her stand. You see, then you have a woman uh, who wishes that she looked like that, and she's trying to make her feel bad because she don't mm-hmm. look like her. Because really, at the end of the day, I get a whole lot of uh, inboxes and private messages about uh, certain things that people just assume about me just because of what I used to do, coming from women that are trying to basically ask about witchcraft. They're basically trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to operate in witchcraft just because they feel like that's what is going to get them what they want out of a man. They figure that just because I was a stripper, that's what I know. I know that I saw it, but that don't mean I was doing it. I don't, and I don't have a lot of games. I didn't play games with people's head and, and play games. But, see, they don't know that. But, see, that's, that's, that's revealing your heart. And so when you really have that in your heart, but then you want to minister to somebody on the outside and then they don't receive you because you are judging them or you are – coming off wrong. They don't see the love of God in you, so you're not effective and you're not really penetrating. Right. Now they turn on you and start trying to make it seem like it's you, and really you exposing your heart to me. you telling me what you think I am based on what you want out of me. And because you didn't get that response, now, because this is what the devil do. Everybody know that the enemy still kill and destroy. That's what he comes to do. But a lot of what God has revealed to me this year in 2017 is that before he does that, he will provoke, accuse, and then curse you. He will mm-hmm. provoke you. He will cause you to do something, sit something out there, and make and, and you will have a choice to choose to do it. Or he will aggravate you to the point where you respond and then accuse you. It's just like kicking somebody under the table, and then mm-hmm. they slap you in the mm-hmm. face. Everybody saw the slap in the face, but they didn't see the kick under the table. So it just looked right. like you just hauled off and slapped them for no reason. But they don't know you was provoked with nobody seeing mm-hmm. that. And so after you are provoked and you hit them, now they accuse you, you hit me. Yeah, I hit you. I know. Or everybody can say, yeah, it looked like it from this angle. Yeah, it looked like for what it looked like. Now you're accused of something. And now they're cursing you. Girl, you're going to jail. You're going to call the police and you shouldn't hit them like that. Now they're cursing you. That's a curse. I rebuke. I'm not going to jail in Jesus. Now you get your keys and you leave. But, <laughs> but you have to understand how the devil comes at you. And so when they come in, and God has revealed also that the only enemy is the enemy. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. only enemy is the enemy. I can pray for somebody and against the enemy at all times. I don't hate anybody. I'm not against a person. And so when you're ministering, and this is the slippery slope and the, the other catch-22 that I, that I 
am encountering is because when we actually get down to cutting into a demon and cutting them away from a person, they feel judged anyway. They feel judged because they have embraced a demon as a part of their personality. They think that you're judging them. Oh, this is how I am. This is what I do. No, baby, you can be delivered from anything that's not like God. Do not say that over yourself. I'm not Mm -hmm. here to say that God don't love you, but God don't like sin, and this is what he wants you to stop doing. This is what you have to be set free from to get to what he made you to be. It's not about me judging you. It's about you being able to be qualified to do what God made you to do. There's certain things that are going to have to come off. And so this book is the kind of presentation on if you don't have God in your life, there's certain stuff you're going to have to know how to turn down. There's certain stuff that you're not going to, you're not going to be out here fighting and cursing at everybody. You just mm-hmm. going to, if that's how you was, you're going to have to get that up. I'm not judging you. That's just a fact. You can't be around here preaching about God and slapping everybody upside the head at the same time and going to jail every two or three days because somebody made you mad. Uh, you know, you want to transition out of lifestyle, but you still want to spend money like that. You have to be a good steward. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You have to learn how to be different. And so when you have the heart of God and you say things in love and when you really are administering the word, you know, you have to really pray and ask God to show you, ask the Holy Spirit to come in and speak through you so that they feel that it's God speaking to them instead of your opinion. Um, that's, that's really one of the hard parts. And that's why I also do workshops with women who want to start going and doing the ministry in the field so that you understand the difference. Because you might have good motives and you might not feel like you're judging. You feel like you're just saying what you're supposed to say, you know, because this is what mm-hmm. God says. But it's still a way for you to present that information where it's God and, it's, you know, my opinion is irrelevant. I'm telling you the facts. And I'm not mad or happy either way. I'm just letting you know this information so you can make a decision or to see where you are in your process. You know what? I'm not ready for that part. Let's take it a scale back. Okay, you're right. Let's, let's, let's be, I want to be on the level you are. I'm not trying to force nothing on nobody. I'm not trying to tell nobody what to do with their life. This is just the steps that I had to take. Like you said, I, I documented my process because um, I was just like, if my life was to end right now, I just want to be able to explain to my son what I was trying to do, that I was trying to do the right thing and I was trying to live by what God is telling me to do. And it's hard to do that when I'm working in this place that everybody just demonized. But, you know, I homeschooled my son. My son was reading, writing, adding, and subtracting, multiplying, and dividing before he even went to school, and he was four, because I wanted to put everything uh, into him and to balance what people would think about me. If they really looked close at my life, they would really see a real woman. They wouldn't just see a stripper or a stupid girl who gets naked for money. That's not what I am. That's just what I did. Mm-hmm. But it's more to me. I know how to cook. I know how to crochet. I know sign language. I know French. I know insurance, real estate. I know a lot of things. I'm a multifaceted person. So are a lot of these other women that are in these clubs dancing. I know women who got master's degrees, straight PhDs on 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 the stage, and you don't know the difference because you're looking at them as you know being beneath you because of what they're doing right now. But when they get up in the morning, they go to a job that's you know, or they qualify to do a job that we don't even qualify to do. So it's really important that we, you know, encourage them to 
be a multifaceted individual. You're not just a stripper. You're not just what what these men calling you at your name. You're not all mm-hmm. of that, and you don't need to call yourself that or let nobody, girl, mom, nobody call you at your name because that's not you. And that right there is a ministry in itself, reintroducing people to their self. Yes, yes, that is. Yes, that is. <laughs> Because we got a lot of identity crisis. I mean, not 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 Ooh. just the strip clubs in the church. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, in, in in the church as well. You know, identity identity crisis, um, where the enemy comes to strip one's um, identity, yeah. and so, you know, in 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 just in so many different places, like I said, right even in the church where people are still trying to question who they are. They dress up real Mm. good, but on the inside, you know, on the inside, that's still that rejection, that abandonment, that loneliness, those insecurities, the low self-esteem, all all Mm. of that is still there wrapped up in that, you know, in that nice suit, in that, you know, in that pretty dress or (laughs) pretty pants or whatever it may be. And you know mm-hmm. that they may have on, and, and but they still have those isms. Yeah, maybe they didn't make it to the script club, but you know, hey, the, it, it may be something else. You know, um, yeah. with you know with them. So, um, you know, so at the end of the day, it's about getting that heart together through relationship. Yeah through a relationship right. with God. Mm-hmm. And so and that's mm-hmm. another reason why many can't even come out and minister to other ones to others because they need to be ministered to. You trying to minister you try right. you minister to me through your brokenness. Correct. And so I I, I can't even have yeah. an ear to hear because you can't have compassion because you're too broken on the inside to have enough compassion and and and, and this is where you are. And I mean you that's coming it. from that place. Right. You know, you coming from the church, and so that even gives me a pushback. You know, that pushes me back from the church because you're clothed in the word church or the word believer or the word mm-hmm. saint. But however, mm-hmm. it ain't working for you. And this is another reason why. To... <laughs> exactly, okay. and this is the reason why I had to make sure that I've made this book called Scriptures for Strippers so that they would be able to get straight to a word that would speak to them as a stripper instead of trying to change them from who they are, then ministering to them. As a stripper, this is your word for you right now. Right. This is your word for you right now. And because because the word is a living word, even when you're not a stripper no more, you're going to be able to use that word. That word is going to always means something to you. It means something to you now, and it's going to mean something to you later. And it means something to other people that are not strippers, but this is your word for you. Um, if if you don't know, if you are trying to get somebody to where they, you want them to be and you're not acknowledging where they are, there's no progress. There's no progress going to ever take place, ever. Not at all. And one of, one of my favorite scriptures that I, I Every time I go into the strip club and I minister, I usually have to go to the slow shift um, chapter, and I always 
gives them Philippians 4 and 6. It says, do not fret or be anxious or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer, supplication, and direct request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Do not sit around complaining. Well, ain't no money. I ain't eating. They, 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 they ain't doing this and they ain't doing that. This is the thing. When you make what you want known to God, it will come to you, even if it don't come to you in here. When you leave this club and you find $100 at the gas station, that's God. When you ask him and you, or, or you call and the, gas, and the gas bill ain't due until two weeks from now instead of tomorrow, it's favor. And you have to make, make all you can't have anxiety because I literally had to pray anxiety off of me. And that's one of the things that I, you know, as when I was going to church and I was going to Bible study in church twice a week, those are one of the things that I had got delivered from the anxiety, um, a spirit of suicide was only um, one of the people that was praying over me said that they have a spirit, I had a spirit of suicide on me. But it was really me just wanting to kill whatever that wasn't pleasing to God, and I thought I would have mm-hmm. to just, I literally, I mean, you know we have to die daily, you know, we have to kill mm-hmm. our flesh, but I was willing to die, but I didn't know how. And I, didn't, I was really sad about what to let go of and how, how mm-hmm. I was going to make it without it and how I was going to function uh, if this is what I thought I was, how, how, how do I die to myself and then still be me? Um, it's, it's really scary to do this on your own when you don't have a person that you can entrust your real issues to. Uh, that's why I had to write this book because, you know, nobody's going to tell you what they're dealing with as a stripper. They might talk to you and tell you some stuff that's going on, but they're not going to expect for you to minister to them, minister to their spirit, and help them fight a spiritual battle as a stripper. Nobody's going to do that. A lot of people are just not qualified. It's not about them not having the horn and I want to. They just don't know where to start. They don't know what you're dealing with. They don't know what to tell you to say. They don't really, they haven't been there. And when God, I, I was crying one day, I said, no, I don't know why I'm going through all this, because I just want to be doing something else. I just want to do something else. It was very clear to me that he said, you're going through this so that you can help other people not die. Right, right. You want to yes, die, Lord. but I'm keeping you alive. And that's, that's one to my grace and mercy from. He's like, I, I know you want to die, but I'm not going to let you die because mm-hmm. you have to help other people. And it's right. funny because I had no friends there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't nobody in particular. It was mm-hmm. just that this is for that that group of people need this information. You are right. keeping yourself alive off of my word, and can't nobody give them my word like you. And I was like, Absolutely. see, this is the other problem, Lord. This ain't their business. See, I'm not going to tell them all my business. He said, yes, you are, because you overcome by mm-hmm. what? Your testimony. And if you don't have your testimony, what am I keeping you alive for? You might as well go on and die. If you're not going to say what I want you to say, because see, this is the thing. I prayed to God. I asked God when I was 10, 11 years old, Lord, please let me grow up and be an adult dancer so I can win the $500 prize. I asked God mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> and he told me. He threw that in my face. Do you know that? He said, I let uh-huh, you do what yeah. you want to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why you can't do what I want you to do? And it hurt my feelings. Because I said, you know what, Lord, you right. I'm so scared. I don't want nobody to know that. He said, you ain't do nothing wrong. All you was is naked and dancing. I mean, at the end of the day, you was born naked. I mean, hey, I, I don't know. Say what, say what I tell you to say. Don't worry about what they're going to say. And so it's, it's just really amazing that, you know, we found each other and I'm able to 
to speak about this, and I'm not. I just praise God and thank him for the deliverance from shame and just all of the different things that, that was on me that prevented me from being what I was supposed to be and, and to help other women come into themselves too. With, and I always give my testimony because I don't want to start talking like I'm just, I'm just better than you and I just overcame. Girl, I was down worse than you. I was down. I was down, okay? And the fact that I'm talking about it, is amazing, and I just glorify God about that. I thank God because it was him. It wasn't so awesome for me. I wasn't that smart to just, okay, well, all you got to do is don't ever start a sentence with all you got to do. It ain't that simple. <laughs> right. All you got to do, don't, don't start a sentence with all you got to do. It ain't all you got to do. It's a lot to do, okay? The question is, are you desperate for God? Desperation is very healthy when it's for God. Amen. Amen. I mean, because this, this battle, you know, the the mm-hmm. battle that, that we're in and people don't understand, especially those that are really not equipped in spiritual warfare. Right. Yeah, you I know, don't understand that Ooh. there is a real serious battle that's going on in, in, mm. in our minds, you know, um, and, you know, that's really going on and that and one have to be equipped and, and, and shielded and, you know, even as, as you, and, and to know how to battle, train my hand, you know, David would tell God, Lord. you got to train my hand to battle. And so, and yes, as Lord. I hear you and just looking at your story, you know, he was trained, he trained your hand to battle and trained your hand to battle so that you can go equipped and you can train other people to battle, you know, to how mm. to win, how to be more than conquerors, you know, in Christ Jesus through what it is um, that, that, that one have to go through and experience in that lifestyle. Um, you know, right. nothing was nothing was just ever was just go in and, 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 and take over or, um, or, this, like you were saying, this all you have to do type of mentality or, or things of that nature. Because I'm just saying, because even when the Israel, when the children of Israel, when Joshua was leading them to go and 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 um and conquer Canaan and and get the land that God promised them, they had mm-hmm. to take that land. They didn't get it all at one time. Mm. It was a process. They got that mm. land one one um one area at a time. And God mm. told them that that's just the way I'm going to give it to you because if I gave it to you all at one time, the part that you don't ha- the part that you haven't occupied, the part that's not occupied, the wild heckles going to grow over there, the the um the uh, wild grass and all of that, the heckles and all of that will be there, and then you guys will have to go back and clean all of that back up, and that's a whole other battle and stuff that you'll have to fight. And so you know mm. everything in deliverance, you know it's a process, and everything. You know, right. it's, it's just not overnight and with this microwave place and we want to act and pretend, you know, like things, some mm. things just happen, you know, overnight. And, and, and that's not the case. Some things right. you it have to be you have to go through that process that you have to go through to conquer it in its fullness, in its totality. And because mm-hmm. the other thing, if God gave it to us all at one time, it will probably literally kill us. Right, because it's right. much to handle. You know, even when we're mm-hmm. looking to to conquer, you know, one portion at a time, you know, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And so that's why, look, we gotta know. You gotta know that you you gotta know what you're equipped to do, and you right. gotta know what 
taught to do. You know, everybody want to do things because it look good, but is that what God called for you to do? And and for me, one of the direct reflections of what God has called you to do is through your experiences, the things that you have been through, that he brought you out, that he's healed, set you, and de- and delivered you from, the things that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you know, this is, you know, this this is the way of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. You know, I, you know I've been there. I've done that. I have the T-shirt, and this is how he brought me through this thing. Our most effective mm-hmm. places of ministry is through the things that he has brought us through and through the things mm-hmm. that he's brought us through. And so you're absolutely right. It's it's more than just you know an um, an idea of of us wanting to or having that desire or thought that hey, mm-hmm. I think this is a good idea to go into the strip clubs and and minister to those in the strip club when you have no clue of the mental battle, the emotional, the psychological mm-hmm. fight warfare. Mm-hmm. That is going on mm-hmm. um, at all. You, you can't. You 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 can't even begin to to phantom what the fight looks like. And again, you'll do more damage. We'll do more damage mm-hmm. than we would good. Why? Because we're not equipped. Because you're not mm-hmm. equipped. You don't know the thoughts that run that 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 torments one at night. You don't know the mm-hmm. thoughts that torment someone when they're when they're up on the stage. You you don't know the things you know that go the hundred and million things that go through one's mind. Mm-hmm. Let alone the things that they have to fight up against. As you were mm-hmm. saying, you know. Um, you talked about, you know, talk, you talked about management in the book. You talked about, you know, um, the haters, you know, in the club. You, I mean, you were just doing Ooh. the run, the rundown, and you know, you was you're able to run it, run those things down because of your experience you had to deal with the haters you talked about the predatory your customers and you know and and all of that and all the way down to the company you keep i said <laughs> i said she making sure she's touching everybody and everything <laughs> but you know what because see the enemy comes at you from certain different ways and it's such a fast-moving environment. You know, everything comes at you fast. The money comes fast. The conversation is fast. You're making these sales fast. You come up to somebody, would you like to dance? Yes, okay, you dance for them. You know, you're entertaining them. You're making them laugh. You're talking to them. You know, you're engaging them, learning about them. You know, they're talking, you're talking. You know, and it's just really fast. And then after the song is over and they don't want no more dance, you move on to the next person. So a lot of things can happen in that five, ten minutes. You know what I mean? So you, a lot of stuff can attack you, and you have to understand because, I mean, I have been blindsided so many times with <laughs> these conversations. They go left quick. I mean, when a, even if a man come in, we're talking about the predatory customer, a man that come in and give you a thousand compliments. You think it's a good thing because he's saying something nice, but he's planting seeds inside of your mind to make you think that he's a friend when he's not. You know, that's called a smiling demon to me. You know, when you have a man that's smiling at you and everything, you feel like he's safe because he ain't frowning. He's not being verbally abusive. He's saying nice things. He's building me up. He's making me feel good about myself. But we have to understand the motive behind what people are saying. We have to think about um, what it is that that's making me feel because, you know, we start to have actions after we have certain emotions. And so if he makes me feel comfortable and I let my guard down, I tell this man where I live, and I really don't know him, 
he could be a stalker. You know, he could mm-hmm. um, be too familiar with me. He might start showing up, walk showing up, but just based on me giving me being real lax. And because he made me feel relaxed, I can be lax and I can give him information. It don't matter. I can give him my my real name. He can find a lot about. He can find out a lot about you by your real name. You don't know what he does, and you don't know who he knows. You know, so you really should be wary of these things. Um, it's it's so many different areas that I feel like I left out. I mean, when I start looking, I'm like, dog, I wasn't talking about everything. But really, you know, I feel like um, a lot of the stuff that I endured and I dealt with is kind of obsolete, too, because the game is changing. It's evolving quickly. And so um, just talking to the women about how I really didn't go all the way into how pimps uh, are approaching women, but um, uh-huh. that's kind of I touch on it with the company you keep because a lot of them are using other women to um, to get them to do you know, to join the team or be a part of a promotional team or, you know, we, we got a click or, you know, they got these matching T-shirts where they kind of promote something. And basically that's just a facade and that's just a front for escorting. And a lot of the young girls don't know that. They just know that they look cute in the outfit and they want to get on Instagram. They want to, you know, because mm. Instagram wasn't a thing, you know, for a while for me, you know. I didn't get on Instagram until after, you know, I mean, it was way all the way in, but, I mean, just getting online, just being a part of a clique and a part of a crew and a gang. And, you know, you, we get to go to all these different parties, but, yeah, you're selling sex at the party. You know, they're not going to tell you that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's certain things that the enemy will not present you with until you are all the way in his camp. Right, <laughs> and right. You, you, Nor you, you won't know. You won't know until it's happening. And by that time, you feel guilty about not wanting to do it because you have signed up three or four times. Yeah, I go. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can have my number. Oh, yeah, you can know where I live. Oh, yeah, you can drive my car. Oh, yeah, this is a copy of my license. Okay, yeah, I'm going to meet you over there. And, and by the time you're in the room, locked in the room with a man you don't know, you're like, you know what, this is my fault. And you and you stay in it because of the guilt. You mm-hmm. stay in it because you felt like you had an opportunity to see and you made the decision. And when people were trying to warn you, you defended your decision to make a bad decision. So now you got to stay in it just to prove somebody wrong or just to prove that it's okay or because you have shame and you don't want nobody to know what you're doing. So now you got to do it and you got to be proud about it and you are imploding inside. My God, my God. Yeah, I'm telling you, the scriptures for scrippers. It is definitely fully loaded. Uh, when I say it's fully loaded, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> it deals with, I mean, she deals with uh, uh, just a wealth of of information with, you know, nurturing your relationship with God, focusing on your goals, being prepared, being diligent, honest, your reputation, dealing with your re- reputation, hospitality, uh, pe- peace and proper rest. Um, so much you're wonderfully made, self-respect, you know, spiritual warfare, which is surely needed. You heard me talk about all the different things she she deal with, with the predatory customers and the haters and the dealing with management, the company you keep. Um, oh, daddy issues. I, I'm, I'm going to mm. have you to tap on that for a moment. Daddy okay. issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, daddy issues. And uh, yeah, just tap on that for a moment um, okay. with daddy issues. 
My yeah. daddy left me when I was six. Uh, I remember I was the first child. I was the um, only child for six years. And me and my daddy was really close, and I really, really loved him. Um, but my mom, she was pregnant with my sister when I was five, and my daddy began to cheat, and he also, and he used to take me with him to this other woman's house. And so I would watch him interact with her and then come home and interact with my mom, and it was tearing me up. And my daddy also told me that it was a secret. And so I kept this secret for a few months, I guess, because I, I, don't, I don't really have a concept of the time frame, but it couldn't have been that long. Uh, when I just told my mom, because my mama would be crying. And so um, I told her that we had a secret, and she thought it was something else, of course, and she was getting ready to kill somebody. But when I told mm. her there was another woman, um, you know, it devastated us, and he ended up leaving um, us, and it broke my heart. It was really heartbreaking because I have an excellent memory. I remember a lot of things. I remember the songs that were playing when he would come over. I remember everything. And mm. just me growing up, uh, he actually moved away to another state with this woman. He actually married this woman. He did not marry my mama, but he married this woman. Mm. Um, and he lived with her for 25 years. Um, and we were on the back burner, me and my sister were. And it really affected me. That's how I kind of ended up in that relationship I kind of touched on earlier, the, um, the emotionally abusive relationship. They actually had the same exact birthday that guy and my dad did. Mm. Um, and they kind of looked like, but I really miss my dad. We used to dance together. I mean, my mama and daddy won dance contests when I was a child, like when they were together. Like, we were, we're a dancing family. And so I remember doing ballet with my daddy in the living room. And just missing him um, really created a lot of emptiness inside of myself and a lot of issues that I saw and I felt were exploited. And I had, I, could, I had no defense against it. When a man would come in and not show me any sexual attention, but he would, be gen- he would show me genuine um, concern about me, about my well-being, about my thoughts, my dreams, I had no male parent to do that with, um, to pour into me or to invest in me or to care about me. And it was, a, it, was, it was a real vulnerability that I really had no defense against. I mean, if a man could pick up on that, that was scary because, I mean, like, who, he, could, he could, I don't know what he would do with that. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. the scripture that I held on to um, is the Psalm 68 and 5, Father of the Fatherless, um, just really focusing on the fact that my, my heavenly father has never left me. He never gave me. He never forsake me. And that I do have a, a creator that I will substitute for my male parent. And also, I think it's Psalms, um, it's, I know it's Psalms, it's Psalms 29 and 10, when my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Because, you know, it's, yes, yeah, it's 27 and 11, actually. Um, I just really, I understand that the lack of a daddy will create openings and vulnerabilities in women that are exploited to the fullest in this environment. Um, A lot of people don't have a defense when it comes to coming up against a woman. They see see a beautiful woman who is... um, you know, who is friendly to everybody, you know, she's wide open. And so when they figure that you don't have a dad or you have divulged this information, that you are, you know, you don't have that parent, 
a lot of men try to use that against me. And mm-hmm. a lot of women have a lot of anger toward men because of that issue. Uh, if they don't have a dad, um, they have a lot of anger that will result in them um, being hardened. Like their heart is hardened instead of, I mean, they're vulnerable, but it's a hard place and it's more detrimental to them. You know, you got a woman that fight me, and I, I, I did. You know, I, I choked the man, you know, that made me upset. Um, but it was it really came from my daddy issue, me feeling like men are nothing anyway. You know what I mean? My own mm-hmm. daddy left me. So, I mean, why should I why should I spare you not understanding? And I just thank you, Lord, right now for the grace and mercy for you not letting that man kill me, <laughs> put my hands on like that. But, but um, that's where a lot of abuse comes from. You know, we talk about domestic violence, but a lot of women are mad at men, and they provoke men and they pro- because they want some real love, and they're trying to agitate They're irritating men. Uh, and men really don't understand how to respond to that. So, you know, they start to have that uh, abuse happen, but a woman is accepting of it because they just want to have your attention. And so when you have a woman's attention who's never had any attention or only negative attention or she's feeling unworthy, then you have somebody who is yearning for abuse. They're yearning for attention. And they will take mm-hmm. any kind of attention, even if it is abuse, and then they mm-hmm. won't understand why they can't get out. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, it didn't, it wasn't manifested in physical abuse, but the fact that this man was very jealous and very controlling was cute at first, okay? It was very nice to know that this man was concerned about where I was all the time, and he wanted me to be with him, and he loved me to death, and he was always holding me by my wrist, not my hand. You know, it was mm-hmm. cute at first, but... If I had a daddy around, my daddy probably would have corrected him a long time ago. <laughs> but he wasn't, and so it left that open. Um, I actually had uh, an experience where I went through a process of forgiving my daddy, which I talked about in forgiveness, the forgiveness chapter, and I also talked about it in this chapter, um, the daddy issue chapter. Just understanding who my daddy was as a human being really freed me to forgive him because when I learned about his life, I understood that it was basically set up for him to fail as a dad in front of the beginning, just based on what he was what he was exposed to and what he was going to expose me to if he stayed in my life, which I thank God now that he left <laughs> because of what he could have possibly imposed on me right. based on what his life was. And so, you know, uh, I do have other family members. I do have other siblings. Uh, who basically told me that their life wasn't so great because he was around, which kind of made me feel better, but it made me sad because I was just like, I spent a lot of my life mourning to a relationship that was never there. You know, I mourned mm-hmm. uh, a relationship. I mourned a fantasy. I'm, I was sad that something that I made up never happened because guess what? My daddy was there for certain kids that was his kids, and he still wasn't the daddy that I imagined him to be, so I really didn't miss out on that. <laughs> um mm-hmm. But just focusing on the fact that I have a heavenly father really, really blessed me and it helped me heal and it helped me feel the protection that people always say, well, I call my daddy. You know, I just say, you know, well, God is watching me and she's already working out for me. So I have an even better parent. You know, I have a better, I don't, I don't have a human being to call. I can call my daddy without a phone. I can call my, father, my heavenly father just by closing my eyes and meditating on what he said because he made promises to me that he won't break because he's not a liar. My daddy would tell me that he's coming to get me and did not show up. 
And those things, when you have those type of issues um, with daddy issues, it's kind of hard to minister to some women about God, especially if you want to um, refer to him mm-hmm. as a heavenly father because they are, they're associating, you know, the father with their earthly, you know, their male parent, which mm-hmm. may have failed them. And so it's kind of like we have to, that's why we got to really nurture that relationship so that we can introduce you to what God is because he's not like man. He's not going to lie. He's not going to do what, what men do. He's not going to do what humans do. And we have to kind of focus on that part. But that's a, that's a huge area of healing when you have daddy issues and you are in a club where men can pick up on that and they just run with it. It's so scary to know that people are exploiting that fact by itself because it's out of your control. You can't control whether you, your daddy leaves or stay, you know, as a, right. as a child. You know, you don't have – you. that's not something that you got to pray and ask God to just – if it happened to you, you just have to pray for healing about it and just pray for forgiveness about it. And um, that was really hard. It was a 20-year process for me to forgive, 20-year process. Uh, just, But I had to constantly ask God to heal my heart and to come into my mind and just heal my mind and to, to help me understand who this person is as a human and not put him on the same level as God. Not, and to let myself know that he didn't do it to me. It happened to me, but he did not do it on purpose to me. It wasn't, I don't need to take it personal that my daddy left me. He was pursuing his life, and he didn't choose me, and I had to make peace with that. And it was hard as a child, but as you grow older and you understand the complications of life, you you come you come into your own um conundrums and catch-22s, and you're like, either way, I'm going to be wrong. Either way, you're going to be messed up. And you start to say, you know what, this is probably how my daddy feels. You know, that's, how, that's what happened to me. I start to understand that my it, it's certain stuff that, that's going to happen uh, that you're not going to be able to explain, and you just have to pay the consequence for later. And he, he paying the consequence. We don't have a close relationship, but I still have love for him. Um, I know who he is. Um, I just, I'm just glad for what I have, but I'm more grateful for what I have in God, and I'm kind of thankful to him for leaving so that it made that much more room for God to be in my life. Hey, hey man, you know, people, um, when we can come to the, the conclusion, you know, that, again, I just can't say enough that, Everything, all things work together for our good. Yes, Lord. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when we can get to that place and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I remember, you know, when when I said earlier, he said, look, I had to have a conversation. I was in prayer, and, he, and God said, you know, I condition you to position you. And he, and he was just saying, you know, you had to be, this had to happen in your life, you know. You had to right. be born in the family that you was. You had to be, your mother had to be the way she was. Your daddy had to be, you know. The way he was, mm-hmm. and all these things, he just went down the the run through. Cause mm-hmm. had it not, then you wouldn't be equipped for the work. Right, right. And so right. I know what we're going through, we don't understand. You know, many times it's somewhere down the road when we get the revelation that man, yes, you know, and, and many people they haven't got to. You know what? 
I, I'm, you know what? I thank you, Lord, that mm. He wasn't there, or thank, or even look. You know, I'm, I'm so special, and I, you know, I, I would tell you know what? I would say I'm so thankful for what mm-hmm. transpired because yeah. if you had not did what you did, mm-hmm. then I couldn't be who I am. <laughs> right, and I wouldn't want to go out with that, with that particular prayer. And see, and that's the other thing too. Like um, when when I when I when I deal with certain things now, you know, I used to be very, um, I used to move real fast, real fast. And learning how to wait on God is one of the most valuable things you can develop. Um, learning how to wait on God, learning when to leave um, when God is telling you to leave. But that comes from being in the Word and being in His timing too, and lining your will up with His will. But when certain stuff happens, it make you pray hard, don't it? It make you pray good. Yes, you be yes, praying so good. You be like, you know what? If this ain't happened, I wouldn't even got. I wouldn't even had this Holy Ghost experience because the Holy Ghost has come upon me so many times when I've and I've been praying and asking God for certain things, and I come out of that prayer with a whole new understanding about the situation. And not only do I not worry about it anymore, I start to just really learn how to wait on God to do certain things, and then learning how to wait on Him to tell me when to move as opposed to me being frustrated and crying and me doing me and then me trying to get him to support my moves, as opposed to me getting in with God, how God is moving and I get in with his flow. But when stuff starts failing, that's when you pray the hardest. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. That's when we come closer to the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. We become so much closer to the Lord. We have a real relationship. We have a deep relationship. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we, right. You know, when things are turned upside down, but I, you know, mm-hmm. but I also God calls things to turn upside down so that we can be drawn unto him so that we right. can, um, I used to tell my husband all the time, I was like, we don't have a choice. <laughs> it was like, yes, mm-hmm. you do. And I was like, but when you come, when you really think about it, because even in your in, in your choice, mm-hmm. by the time you get through going through everything you're going through, it brings you back around. Right, right. That's what the wisdom has developed. It's like, <laughs> right, but that's only if you learn it from your mistakes. You know, a lot of people don't. They they just on a merry-go-round. They just keep doing the same things because they're not willing to learn, you know. And the Bible talks about having stiff neck and, you know, carrying these oh. yokes and carrying burdens, but it's because you're not being obedient. You're not, you're not opening yourself up to learn what God is teaching. See, we, yeah. we think that, well, we, the longer we know God, he just going to get with our program. And I have to talk about that a lot. Girl, you cannot manipulate God. You are not so fine that God is just going to do what you want him to do because you're just so cute. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it comes from a habit of manipulation, a habit of, um, you know, just feeling like you just got so much gain. A lot of people have given themselves a lot of credit to be so smart. That's what, and giving themselves that. Well, that's the reason why I am, why I am, because I'm so smart. You got to learn how to give God glory, so that you can get more wisdom from Him. Because it ain't because you're so smart or you're so cute that you got what you got. And I talk to women about that all the time. I look better than her. Why she got a husband? Girl, clearly it's not about that. <laughs> That's what I'm trying right. to say. It's not about that. Okay, so that might be true. That might be the case. But you got to understand, you got to get in the zone of God. You got to ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Instead of talking to God about what you want all the time. Because sometimes you don't want what you want. You don't want the right thing. 
And that's why you, you can't get nothing done because you're not asking for what you're not, God is not in your plan. And he's not going to give you something that you want more than him anyway. He's not going to give you that. He's a jealous God. He wants he want you. And if you don't want what he wants you to want, you're going to always be in want. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I was telling him, I said, you know, you say that he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Um, Wait a minute. I told him, I don't want you to get that scripture confused. Um, it's when your desire lined up with his desires, then you get the desires of your heart. Yes, uh, yes, yes, they yes. just don't because he's not giving you them wicked desires that you have in your heart that's just because it will cause him to violate his nature and he will never ever violate his word and um and right, so right. and so um relationship at the end of the day it, everything comes down to that relationship with god mm-hmm. you know in that relation humbling ourselves you know, yeah. under his mighty hand so that he, he's a humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up or he will exalt you. He will exalt you. And and yeah. when we go okay. through things in life, you know, we have to find ourselves or bring ourselves to that to the place where we just we become humble, you know, yeah. under God's hand. Because yeah. what we what we our exterior that that doesn't make us who we are. The material things in life and all this stuff, it doesn't make us who we are um, or what we're called to do. But um, because we're in such a superficial world, um, a superficial mm-hmm. society, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's all about the exterior and not, you know, the interior. And, and, and because of that, I mean, you'll find people where – there you are. I'll I'll take my life. My life isn't worth it because I cannot mm. have, you know, I cannot have what I'm accustomed to, or you mm. know, mm-hmm. or, or what have you, because the things have become who I am. You know, right. that have become my yeah. identity, and right. and and that so we sense. live in this in this in this falsehood. Of a reality, and so I, I just definitely praise God um, for you, um, that woman of God, and and for this just powerful book that you put together. I mean, it is a it's not just a book just for you to read. It has it has worksheet after worksheet <laughs> after worksheet to do notes and to and to to bring application to every thought every lesson um, that is taught in each chapter. It's just absolutely amazing. It have prayers in here, scriptures for each section, you know, scripture for each area that is talked about and exposed meditation, also prayers. And, again, I just can't say enough worksheets um, to bring application, <laughs> to bring to life, to bring to life what you have, mm-hmm. you know, read. It's one thing to read something. But then it's another thing to show that you actually comprehend it, right? Right, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, you know, and so that's why, you know, it, it just, it, it's, and it's fully loaded with it. You know, you it have the place for that application. Okay, let's see, what did you comprehend? What is your takeaway from what you just read? What is your takeaway that you can 
start you can you can apply to your life right here and right now and so that's absolutely powerful and then it comes with i mean she have a plan of action here yeah i'm telling you this book right here i mean she she went in she went in um you know even with help putting together a plan of action helping you know them with you know putting a plan to ask together i mean they got financial financial management here you know goal setting just so many you know so many different things um in here um it, it's just it's it's like wow Wow, 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 wow. Um, my God, even to hey, um we're we're even all the way down to where you're working, scouting out where you're working and even where you going to worship as well, right? Um so mm-hmm. just so many things in here just absolutely powerful. Miss Smith, it this has been a phenomenal now let let everyone know um, Ms. Smith, how can one contact you? Let them know again the different, also the various workshops that you do, that you come inside of ministries and doing things of that nature. And and also what you didn't, um, what I didn't hear tonight as well was what you currently do as well um, with, um, was it Sarah? Sarah um, yes, for Sarah. Sarah. Mm-hmm. For Sarah, mm-hmm. what you do there um, as well. But how can they contact you? How can they reach out and connect with you? In addition, where can they pick up this dynamic book? Okay, awesome. Okay, so the book is available on Amazon, of course. Um, there's a website where the book is available. There are two different covers. One is uh, for the bookstore and one is for um, the workshops I do. So, but both of the um, Scriptures for Scriptures are the exact same on the inside. So when you do go on on Amazon, you'll be able to see two different covers, and it is the same book. It is by me, so it's, you know, not to confuse anybody, but I had to design a different book cover, take a peek with the book covers inside of the bookstore. I was advised to do that, and it's worked. Um, There's also a website, scripturesforstrippers.com. Everything's spelled correctly. Um, And I work with an organization that helps women transition out of sex work called 4Sarah, the number 4 Sarah with an H dot net is the internet um, website address where that is located. And basically what I do for Sarah is I'm the care team coordinator, which means that I help women um, in transition. I help them identify where they are in the process, and I help them meet their goals or whatever they're trying to do. Um, I actually also sit on the scholarship committee. For Sarah has a quarterly scholarship that they for women all over the nation who is willing and ready and able to transition out of whatever sex work they're involved in that is not limited to working in strip club and prostitution. is also help with escorting victims of sex trafficking or human trafficking, uh, also porn stars or anybody who's involved in sex work. Um, they're able to write an essay about what they have been doing, what it is they want to do. They have to send proof of the uh, educational um, cost for the institution so that the, um, when the scholarship is funded, it will be paid directly to the institution just to keep that burden of uh, financial responsibility off of that woman. If she's still in the industry and she's having to dance or do whatever she do to pay her bills, at least she don't have to worry about paying for school. And so after she's finished going to school, she can transition out. And so we can help women with that. 
Uh, and it's every three months. The next deadline for the scholarship is on January the 31st, 2018. So you can go on the website and submit an essay um, for the scholarship if you're interested. And you can be anywhere, um, I think, in the world, really. I mean, we haven't had anybody from any other country, but we fund things in other states all the time. Uh, and we also help women who are – we do outreach over the phone. So we call back page ads and we offer – just information uh, to the women to let them know that we are a resource, that understand the industry, and if they ever find themselves in a bad situation, we will help them with whatever they're trying to do. You know, if they need to escape a pimp, if they need to, um, if they really want to leave and they want to be in a supportive environment with survivors, um, they can. Uh, the woman, Casey McClure, is the founder of Four Center, who is actually a stripper as well who transitioned out and uh, she does strip club outreach and she does a lot of other things uh, just helping women but we actually worked together at the gold club when it was open here in atlanta um and we didn't know each other then we didn't talk to each other then but now that we're in ministry we came together that she actually came to visit a club i was working in and when i read the brochure uh, i had written scriptures for strippers already but it wasn't published and so she actually funded, I was actually a scholarship recipient um, twice for the scholarship. And the second time I got it, it was for the publication of Scripture for Strippers. And so every Scripture for Strippers book that I sell, I donate a portion of it to the scholarship uh, fund because I want to make sure that I pay back what, you know, I, initially I just wanted to make sure I paid the money back, even though that's not required. I mean, it's not necessary. She does not require us to pay anything back. But I just wanted to make sure that there was always something there for another woman when she's ready to leave. Um, and so what we're going to start doing in 2018 is we're going to start offering um, some, some courses and some classes just in transition just to help us all be on the same page and support each other. Um, in our transition, you know, kind of like an AA meeting, but it's more like it's going to be more of a um, support group, you know, it's, it's more like a family, you know, we all, is no judging, we all been through something, we all probably did the same thing, so it's not about that, it's just about us trying to get forward and helping us heal from certain things, you know, that we've been through as a stripper, you know, as a person who's out here just trying to get it and just trying to support our family. Um, and the workshops that I do in churches is I help um, I do a human trafficking course or workshop, and I also offer um, strip club ministry workshop. And what's coming up in January, it's a free event here in Atlanta, is the Spiritual Beauty Regimen Workshop, uh, which is going to be focusing on the tools that we all need as women, regardless of what we do for a living to keep our spirits beautiful and um, to do it on a regimen. You know, we have a skin regimen, we wash our face, we scrub, we got exfoliating and we moisturizing and got toner and we got things that we do. We, get, we do our hair every two weeks, we get our nails done every so often. And so we have to make sure that we put our spirit uh, in a rotation of um, being groomed as well to keep us, you know, looking good on the inside. And so... Um, that is on Eventbrite. It's called the Spiritual Beauty Regimen Workshop. It's going to be in East Point, Georgia, on uh, January 27th from 1 to 3. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. This is my first event that I'm doing. You know, I'm usually, when I do an event, I'm usually like a speaker or I kind of do somebody else's event, but this is something that I'm going to be 
doing. It's going to be a workshop. It's going to be something uh-huh. anybody takes part in and takes, you know, we're going to have a, a, a printout, you know, real big on worksheets, like she said. So <laughs> it's going to be um, really something you can take home and apply, you know, so we're, because we're doing the beginning of the month. Everybody had these big goals, these big dreams. But I really, truly believe that once we have a regimen for our spirit to keep ourselves um, clean spiritually and, and just regenerated and have something to make sure our spirit is getting some type of attention, positive attention, that that's when we will start to see these other things manifest in our life. You know, our home life, our work life, family life, everything will start to flourish when we start to keep our spirit beautiful. Um, we're going through a lot of different heartaches. I've had, I was forced to fast and forced to read the Bible and forced, but that really brought out a part of me and a side of me that I never would think to, that existed before. And so that's one of the things that I'm going on. I'm actually starting to write um, another book called Covered, um, and it is about a woman who uh, knows God, but she wants to know him deeper, so she explores the Muslim faith so that um, she can really understand who he is, but she um, starts to understand who Jesus is because she is weighed down by sin. So that's coming out next year. I'm trying to make sure it comes out before the spring, but that's really, really heavy on me because I did go through a spiritual awakening where I did step away from um, the religion that I grew up with. Um, But it's basically kind of taking me on a journey of how I came back to what I know, and I came back knowing what I needed to know uh, to get a deeper relationship with God. Awesome, awesome, absolutely awesome. You know, it has definitely been um, a phenomenal, um, a dynamic interview, dynamic woman of God. And a couple of things, you know, because we've been so deep in conversation. <laughs> We've been so deep in conversation, or just been so deep in just just hearing the just the wisdom and what it is that God has on the inside of you. Didn't just um, didn't pause for a moment um, to to um, see if there was anybody, um, any guests that may have called in and had any questions or comments or things of that nature. I wasn't. I didn't even. I wasn't even paying attention to chat. We just. <laughs> so engaged, you know, so engaged, and let alone other stuff, because we didn't even take a break, no breaks whatsoever. Um, (laughs) Extended our period of time, Um, but um, we praise God for that Um, as well, as well, as well. But so what I I do want to do for a moment, um, Ms. Smith, because I don't want you to leave the line and, and others have questions or comments or things of of that nature. I am going to I'm a, I'm going to unmute. Um, I, I'm I'm going to allow callers to begin to come forth. If you have any questions or comments um, to this very dynamic woman of God, you can um, definitely if you're on the line, you can um, mash star six. And and I'll bring you forth. And for any uh, for those that are out there um, that's not on the line, and that you're on uh, one of the other platforms where you want to um, leave a comment, it comes right over um, to us, and or any questions that you may have, and I will definitely, definitely, definitely um, read it over the air. 
and have the, the dynamic woman of God um, to address your question or your statement. Amen. Amen. So while we're waiting, I just go I ahead, just want to say um, phenomenal, Mr. Yuri Smith. This is Tanisha. Hey, Hi, Hey, hey. <laughs> you already know how I feel about you. It's amazing. And being that I was an adult entertainer, too, I relate on so many levels. And just to see where you are and, like, the work uh, worksheets after everything, you already know this book is amazing and it's going to set so many people free. You know, I, you already know. You already know. And uh, the, conversation was engaging. I was like, oh, I was talking even though y'all didn't hear me, but I was saying, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Like, oh, what? So, yeah, I, I'm excited for what's taking place, not only in, you know, your life, but everyone that's on this line is attempting and striving to please our Heavenly Father and to let his light shine in darkness. So I really, you know, kudos, 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 and to him be the glory because I know it's him through you. So I'm just, I, you know, I love you, gal. <laughs> you know I love you too, gal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Great. Great. Let me just I'm say this, awesome. uh, Pastor Durante is going. Let me tell you about, about Tanisha. Okay, so we're, we're planning a, a conference next next year called Mass Exodus um, from Entertainment oh, to Entertainment. Oh, and, so, <laughs> and so uh, Ms. Tanisha is going to be one of the speakers, and we're going to have all speakers who have been dancers who have transitioned to be other things. And so we're just Did I lose her? Did... Hello? Yes, did, did I lose her? Look, she's going to come back. Look, I'm... she's coming back. She's yeah, coming I... back. Yeah, I see the no, I see her what you calling here, but I don't know if your phone went on mute, but we don't hear you, Miss Smith. She probably pressed something and got a call back in. Oh yeah, she's yeah, she is. She got the call back in. But to to Tanisha, it's it's nice to meet you. Definitely, yes. definitely nice to meet you. And I'm loving the concept already. Oh wow. I am right. loving yeah. The concept already um, with, with what I the, the component that I did um, get the opportunity to hear. I mean that just that sounds absolutely powerful. Yes. And man, yes. to be able to um, for you guys to to be able to um, to show and and help and and right. and guide in that area of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is my heart. That's right. my passion. That's and, and to help helping and pushing and birthing others into entrepreneurship. So um, that's that's absolutely amazing. To you know being able to look, we have all of this on the inside of us, all this creativity, all right. these things that He's given unto us. And and let's look how we can take what we have and develop great things in the world. Um, by becoming our own boss, right. um, I, I'm I'm so so. <laughs> they know I'm so serious about that that right there alone. I, I wonder if her phone died because we did talk like. <laughs> 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 I'm so she got to charge it up. Um, but I am 
so, so on, you know, um, with us. I tell everybody, I believe that God called all of us. All of us have a spirit of entrepreneurship um, in us, you know, God's children. I said, because I believe, it's, it's, it's my belief. Um, if he said that we're going to lend to many nations and not borrow from none, it's right. difficult to do on somebody else's job. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was true. And and that's, you know, something else that, you know, like you say, and I feel too that it's time for us to get back um, to what does he say? What does the father say? Because, you know, so many times we're always going with what the pastor said or what this person said or quoting from Malcolm X or Martin Luther whoever it may be, but it's rare that people now are saying what thus says. You know what I'm saying? What is he saying? And that is the truth, you know, and, you know, it's, Past the fact, because facts change, but the truth remains the same. You know That's what I'm saying? That's it right there. <laughs> so, you know, because I had to ask the father that, and I was like, you know, well, facts isn't, you know, it's true, too. What's the difference? And he said, clear as day, facts change, but the truth remains the same, because it could be raining right now, but then in 10 minutes it's not raining. So that fact is no longer a fact, because now it's not raining. But his word is the word. You're the head and not the right. tail, so it doesn't matter at any point in the day, any hour, any month, if you are the head and not the tail, that's never going to change. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? So it's time for us to come back to come back to our roots, and to come, yes. which is we're rooted and grounded in Him, and pull out His seeds of greatness, so that we can continue Absolutely. to flourish and deposit seeds that, where they grow as well. See, and I didn't want to get started because that's how you are. Look. <laughs> <laughs> but look, y'all, I came back. I was disconnected, but I came back. I, I was just talking. Yeah, we we see that, so we were just preoccupying the space, waiting for you to come back in. <laughs> I said, What's going on? Well, yes, come back and tell us about this this dynamic conference that you guys are doing. Okay, so so the conference is going to be the first annual mass exodus from entertainer to entrepreneur. Uh, conference um, for women who are entertainers and are interested in transitioning. But I wanted for them to be able to hear from other women who have been in the same industry that they are in and get a mm-hmm. testimony about uh, how they came out. Oh, you know, we all give glory to God because, you know, without God nothing is possible, but we also want to give them information, resources, tools, and also opportunities to um, to come out and, you know, possibly inspire somebody to do something that we are doing or have done. Um, that's going to um, be, we're going to have speakers. All of the speakers are going to be women who have transitioned out of adult entertainment and into something else. They, some of them are entrepreneurs and some of them uh, A lot of times, you know, when trying to help the women transition, they just don't know what they want to do. And so mm-hmm. hearing... Um, what other women have done and kind of lining my personality up with her personality. She, her story sounds like my story. You know what? That sounds like something I might want to do. You know, I just want to inspire women to just learn how to dream about the other facets, you know, because we are multifaceted, and I want uh, the women to hear what might pull them to do something else. And so uh, we have women who have um, come in, who have been in the industry for years. I mean, like I got a woman who is going to speak, She's she was she danced for 30 years. Um, and she eventually left, and she is in insurance now. Um, 
It's another woman who's a business owner. Um, I want to have the one. It's going to be the woman from um, for Sarah, who is um, you know she's a business owner. She has a nonprofit that helps women transition, just so that when they figure out what they want to do, that they have a resource to know that we can fund that for you. If you find out what you want to do with your life, depending on. Um, I mean, regardless of what it is, we're going to support you, but we're going to help you find the resources to make it happen. And so that's the whole purpose of Mass Exodus, because God has shown me that this industry is drying up, and there are going to be a lot of women who leave just as fast as they came. And so mm-hmm. we have to be there to catch them, and we awesome. have to be ready to empower them and equip them mm-hmm. for what it's going to look like for them to transition. Because it's going to be rough, but, you know, if you got somebody to um, – you know, help you, you know, help you at least navigate it, it won't be as bad as it could be. So that's what that, and I'm really excited about that. And that's going to be in the spring of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it, too. When you get the flyer and, um, and, and, and just, you know, what, what is there, make sure there's magazine ready, eight and a half by 11, and you shoot it over to me, I'm surely going to put it in my magazine. All right. Um, um, to help promote it um, as well, and then maybe we can do also some um, some some commercials. Ooh. Also, um, that when we're on the radio, that we can have it played, have the commercials played um, over the radio as well. Lord I'm excited. So you about to make me so, cry on this phone. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm just excited. I love Ooh. that. I just, mm. I just absolutely love that. What I say? Oh, you know, he's going to send the right people in your path, and then his favor and his blessings are going to chase us and overtake us. And you know what I'm saying? It's wild time to just look at him, Woo. watch him, show up. The level we never even imagined. Ascension time, elevation. It's our time to wow. sow and to reap the harvest that he has so-called called from us since the Amen. beginning. Yes, yes. I'm trying not Amen. to get caught. Amen. He knows how I will get. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so, let, and, and if you let me know what that date is, if I'm in the city, um, if I'm mm-hmm. here. And 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 I don't have anything on my calendar. Um, I would definitely love to come down there and do the media. Awesome. And um, and 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 I'll talk with you about you know what what that looks like, and you know being able to capture you know some of the things that's that's taking place, and even do some interviews you know um, of some of the speakers, some of the guests um, on um, about the event. About mm, the event to just mm, give give it you know give it um, that exposure you know um, because that's the first one <laughs> that's the first one and just begin Ooh. to build a momentum and a track um, that in which God has called forth um, wow. those that call forth in the land to just be a part of it because I mean I I love it and. My God, even when you said the name, oh my God, I'm at exit. I I love it, I love it, I love it. And so whatever um I can do, um, with what I have, um, I, I don't mind rendering um, you know, what I have to help um get that out um as well. Amen. Glory to God. 
He is. He's faithful. Ooh. He is mm-hmm. faithful. But man, it has mm-hmm. been an <laughs> an amazing conversation. It has been an absolutely amazing conversation, and it's just to hear what God is doing um, in you and through you with um, strippers, strippers for strippers. It's just absolutely amazing, Miss Smith, and you just continue to press forward and continue to just do the work that God has called for for you to do. Um, I'm um, in January. I wish I could be there. Um, definitely know my heart, my love is there. I'll be in Tennessee at a, in a, at a conference. Um, okay. But um, I definitely, definitely, and, and I do get the opportunity to see, you know, the things that, that God is doing through you, but you just continue to allow him to prepare you forward and, um, and continue to keep your hands to the plow because there's so many lives that need to be saved, and you hold the key, you hold the story. Your purpose is to deliver the promise of God to somebody. And as you were talking about that exodus, you know, uh, you all talking about that mass exodus, um, yeah. and just to know that, hey, you know, there are some people, that there are some women that's crying out just like the children of Israel. Yes. Who was crying out. And crying out because they know they got a promise from God. And where they are, their current situation don't look nothing like the promise that God has called right. within their life, that the, the bondage and the things that they have to go through in that place, the torment and the things of the land, their Pharaoh, their Pharaoh mm. in that place that they have to go through. And so, and, and, and even in their cries, you know, God heard God heard their cries, and he remembered their promise, and he sent forth the plan, and he revealed it unto Moses. Yes. And when Moses went forth, um, even in his reluctance, but when he finally, when he went forth and he went to handle, to do the purpose that God had called forth for him to do, that, you know, the children of Israel was able to leave out of Egypt and, and head toward their place of promise. So we just thank God that he's using you in the earth in this hour, this time, him and those that he has called to be your Aaron, those that he's called to be your Joshua, those that he's called to help in the movement. Um to helping these women, you know, um, see see their purpose, see why they're here, and 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 find and being able to um, have solutions with other for other ways, um, for uh, for other ways of sustainment and being that solution, and not just talking the talk, but walking the walk, but also bringing various um, different backgrounds together to let them know, look, we're a colorful people. And even mm-hmm. with our our colorfulness and our creativity, um, with with all things that that God God has some other things for us to do, and that you and you're giving them you're bringing them to platforms, you're bringing them before people to expose that that to them to help transform the mind, transform the heart, so that people can get in the place where God has ordained for them to be before the foundation of the world. And I just absolutely love it. <laughs> and so this has been a dynamic <laughs> interview on tonight at the Shrives Corner. You know, I know, you know, we've been we went over about an hour. Or so, but Amen, because it was just that great. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Um, thank you, Jesus. And so, for those who 
listening to us live. We just definitely thank you um, so much for staying with us, hanging in with us, you know, um, as well for those who just who stayed with us. And in addition, know that the replay is always available for, for you to come back and listen to. And we know that you heard some dynamic, amazing things. For those who wasn't able to join, make sure you point them in a direction to come and listen to this dynamic broadcast. If someone's saying something, I'm missing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so, again, we do want to thank you for joining us, uh, Ms. Smith, um, here at the Scribes Hangout. Oh, my God, my God, it has just been an absolutely phenomenal time here um, here with you on tonight as we have went into um, your life. We've been into your your life here on on tonight and what God is you doing through you and in you in the life and the lifestyles of um, exotic dancers um, and teaching and training in truth. And so we're absolutely excited about it. Again, thank everyone for hanging out with us at the Scribes Hangout where we're bringing forth the voice and the heart of the scribes, the individuals around the world around the world and so on tonight you got firsthand information from none other than Sayara Smith the author of strictures for strippers you guys definitely go out and go to Amazon and pick up the book go to her website and find her out search her out and to even see you know Pray unto the Lord and ask the Lord, look, Lord, is this, what is, is in this project that you're doing to this dynamic woman of God, do I have a portion? And if so, seek her out and do the portion that God has assigned forth for you to do. Amen. Um, in, in the name of Jesus. And so, again, thank you. My name is Pastor DeRonche Zorn, your kingdom strategist. And thank you for hanging out with us tonight. And we, until next time, until next time, remember, 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 pick up your pen and grab your paper and begin to take at least 30 minutes, 30 minutes, and begin to transcribe that which is on your heart, and that which is on your mind. You never know what may be produced through your thoughts and through your writing that could be a blessing and to someone else's life and maybe even save a life. 